when I did the prayer that works last week. But this series in particular is a timely series based on where we are as a country and a people. So I had this conversation that was really interesting this week that um, a family member of mine brought to my attention. And I think I already knew this, but I think she gave me even better insight. Because what she said to me was, um, in my lifetime, and, and this person is in her early 70s, and she said, in my lifetime, I've never felt more racial or social divide than I do today. Did y'all hear what I said? Do y'all know why I am a little bit taken back? I don't know if y'all know this. I was born in 1980, so I'm, I'm 40 now, and, and so I didn't live through the 60s, right? Now, in the 60s, there was a lot of racial divide. We were, segregation was being introduced, and, and so schools went from white and black schools to segregated schools, and there was tons of racial tension. And yet, and she lived through that because she's from the South, and yet she said, I feel it more today than I ever have before. Now, I have, I have theories on why that's the case. I believe not having social media and only having a few news networks and not having tons that you can pick from, information is at Listen, let's be honest. You can get rid of TV, and you know more on this than you ever knew on a TV. Are y'all with me? So I do believe that's part of it. But I also believe we're at a crossroad. Meet me at the crossroad, crossroad. None of y'all? Y'all old enough? Okay. Boom, 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 boom. Some of y'all going to leave and go, what did Mark just tell me? What you going to do when there ain't no place to Okay, we'll just keep going. And I'm going to miss everybody. ADD has kicked in in Jesus' name if you're watching online. But I do believe we're at a crossroad, and I don't think the crossroad is Republican and Democrat. I think it's being heightened by people's mouths. But I don't believe that's really the issue. I believe the issue is this verse that this comes from. I don't really think our country is, is as red and blue as we think that it is. I think that we've put on disguises. I think we've put on masks and tried to feel better about where we are as a people. And we have this hope, this, 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 honestly, it's like Disney World make-believe that one party or one person can get us out of how we feel. And the reality is only he can tell us who we are. And watch this, only we can provide the possibility for good news for the world that is desperate to hear it. And the people that are going to hear it most, especially for me, are the people that are my neighbors and my friends and my coworkers and the people that I come in contact with. And yet when they hear me at the water cooler or they hear me at lunch or they hear me whatever, and the only thing I want to talk about are social issues or things that bother me or did you see them on the news last night because that side or that side was doing this, then I don't really listen and understand where they're coming from with their perspective. Because this is what I realize. I don't care what color a person is, what background they have. They're not expressing to me what they really feel if they're just talking about a social issue. They're expressing a deeper layer that if I'd listen and say, tell me why you feel the way that you feel then I might be able to get into the starting blocks of their person. But their soul is what is at stake, not their vote. It's okay to disquiet in here. And that's what, that's what really has me bothered is, is I don't care who you voted for. I, mean, I'm, I'm not to, I don't care this much, but I care about your person. I care about your soul. And, and I want to tell y'all something that I didn't tell the first service, and I don't know why I'm supposed to tell y'all, but I'm supposed to tell y'all something to tell y'all. Boom, 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 boom. Not that. <laughs> I believe God wants us to raise up an army, not a really good church. 
and he wants us to invade territory that's not right now ours. Because I don't care that we're in the southeast and it's the Bible Belt. I don't feel the Bible Belt when I walk into a grocery store, when I walk into a place. I feel tension. And I'm not feeling that anymore. Guess why? Because I don't have to. Because I can be me. And if people look at me like I'm crazy, they can just join the party. But I believe that this earth, by the way, this is going back, this is not even part of the teaching, but I just need y'all to know this. The Bible says that the earth, the ground creation groans at the return of our king. It groans. When is it going to change? But I don't think that's going to be a political party or something like that. I believe it's when my people, let me just show you, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our ways. Then he Do y'all understand the context of this? That he will hear from heaven and he will forgive our sins and he will heal our lands. But it's when we, then he. Right? And so a few weeks ago, Pastor Stephen preached on humility and I'm telling y'all, if y'all don't get the humility part, then the prayer part's going to be really frustrating. And I'm going to teach you just this much of that today, but you got to go back and watch that one. And then, then I taught a what is prayer and then a prayer that works. But today, this is the title of the message, and it's really simple, how, how to pray. It's really that simple. How do you pray? Because, because this is what I've realized. I've realized that I can give you as much information as possible, and i got a lot to give you today, but I also want to let you in on how you do this. And by the way, in the Bible, we see that the disciples ask the very same question. So there's two different places that this particular teaching is found, and it's slightly different, but it's, it's from the same context with different authors writing it. But when Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, in chapter 6, he starts it with, and this is how you pray. And if you grew up playing sports like I did, right? I see some of y'all that were athletes that played sports. In the huddle before we went out to play ball, we all did the Lord's Prayer. Do y'all remember? And, and we did it in like this weird... How about our name? Now you come. Now we'll be done. Y'all remember it? On our day, didn't have it. day, our daily bread. And so, so many people know the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. We can, we, can, we can quote it because we did it as the prayer before we play. But that wasn't the point of it. So let me show you the point. Luke chapter 11. If y'all got note or if y'all got stuff to take notes in, whether it's a phone or, or actual paper and pen or whatever, today's the day. All right, because I'm telling you, this is going to change the game for you. But we're going to be different when we leave because we're going to learn how to pray. Here we go. Now, when Jesus was praying in a certain place and had finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. Stop right there. I think this is such a great question. I think this is such a great request or or ask because if you'll notice, I can't find, maybe y'all can, but I can't. I can't find a place where the disciples came up to him and said, teach us how to heal them. Y'all hear me? I can't find it. I've looked. Lord, teach us us to heal the lame. Lord, Lord, teach us to raise the dead. Lord, teach us to change water to wine. I believe I probably would have. But they watched him and they had been walking with him for a number of years. And at this time they had seen that Jesus keeps repeating this certain thing. He gets up early in the morning, goes up on the mountain or goes into a private place and he prays. And after he prays, he seems to be able to do things that he couldn't do before. So I want to know what that is because I don't even have to ask about that. 
That's what my logical sense, that's what, it, that's what it makes sense to me is that they could have asked him to do all these other things, but they realized that he always did those things after he prayed. And if the God of the universe who became flesh, the word, and lived among us had to pray, then maybe we should, and logically even more so, think in terms of pray. Because just taking it off a level, we've got to stop believing that prayer is just a spiritual act that we get off our bucket list of daily acts. But it's who we are. It's the essence of me. And so he says, teach us to pray as they did. And this is what Jesus said. He said, when you pray, not if you pray, not at time, but when you pray, pray like this, Father, hallowed be your name. Just like the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, and then in Matthew it says, your will be done. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Now watch this, then it shifts, but it's still about prayer. It says, and he said to them, which of you has a friend who has a friend will go up to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer him, that friend will answer him, don't bother me, man. The door is shut. Why are you bothering me? Leave me alone. I can't get up. I don't have anything to give you. He says, I tell you, though he will not give him anything because he, because he is his friend, yet because of his, say this word out loud, it's impudence if you don't know it. So now say it. Say impudence. I've never used that word in my life, but it's amazing. And what it means is going to blow your mind. And it's important, it's important in how we pray. He will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find a knock, and it will be open to you. And the problem with this is we hear these certain things that are churchy terms, like ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. So you ask, and you seek, and you find. And There's all these like Christian terms that we've made them Christianese, right? Are y'all with me? And not able to do. But these aren't, these aren't made to be words that you use. These are, these, these, are, these are like a blueprint that you're to plug in and actually do. This process is not overly difficult, but it is a process. And you don't need to assume that you should be at the end point if you haven't even started. So don't beat yourself up. But today the goal is that all of you will get started with an understanding of the blueprint of the game plan. And that you'll begin to be a man or a woman of prayer. Because all prayer is, to remind you of the definition, all prayer is an, is, is an exchange of wishes. That my wishes become his wishes by me interacting or having conversations with God. And, and if I go to God in prayer and the only thing I do is just say, God, I wish you'd do this, then I don't get how prayer is supposed to be done. And therefore, listen, listen, I think this will help you. A lot of times, if you are like me, you'll get frustrated if you don't feel like you're getting an answer, but you keep asking the same question. But if you're not asking correctly, then don't get mad. And so, I want to tell you that I believe prayer should be done in two parts. This is Roman numeral one and there's a Roman numeral two. Roman numeral one is general. Someone say general. It's the daily prayers. It's what you do every day. Now, this is where I'm going to give you a lot of me. I personally use Google Docs. Okay? I use Google Docs because I can do it on my computer. I can do it on my iPad. I can do it on... A phone, it, it doesn't matter if it's Apple or Android or Windows, they, they work with any of them. And I've created, if y'all have ever used Google, I've created 
um, a specific folder called prayer. <laughs> it's amazing because I'm really detailed in, in my folder names. But I've called it my prayer. And then inside of that, I have three different folders that I use. And, they, and I add to them because they don't start with nothing. But the first folder that I use, the very first folder, I use this every day. I don't care if I'm having a day off, if I'm playing around. If I, some days take longer than others. Some days I, I specifically give myself longer. But I use this every day. And the first folder that I use is thanksgiving or praise. Because in the Lord's Prayer, it says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And in, and in Luke, it says, hallowed, hallowed be your name. So number one, I, want, I believe we're supposed to praise before we pray. Someone say praise. praise. That, look at me. If you don't have an ability to put on worship music, you still can do this, what I'm talking about. I love to do it with worship on. I have some specific songs that I believe are great, amazing worded praise songs that talk about me praising God. But listen, Psalm 100, I enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. praise. That's, the, that's the open door. It's the way in. And so before I ask anything, either general or specific things, I praise first. Now watch this. I don't, I don't know what to praise, Mark. I've never done this before, and I don't know where to start. Okay, you're alive. Did you hear what I said? I mean, you're breathing. That's awesome. Like, that doesn't seem like a big deal. No, it's a big deal. Because I'm telling you, I know me. And I got some cats in this room that used to run with me, that still run with me, but we've gotten a little bit more mature that I could have easily died back in the day. Right? Because I did some foolish things. And he protected me. And my kids are healthy. And my wife is healthy. And I've got these certain things that, that are not difficult for me to bring to my mind. But watch this. I don't recommend you try to do this at, with your mind. Do you know why many of y'all have said before, it's frustrating to pray because I, I don't feel like I can pray long enough? And Are y'all with me? Y'all have said this. I pray like five minutes. I talked about this the first week. I pray like five minutes and then my mind wanders and I don't know what else to pray. And then it just gets crazy. And then I start thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner and everything else. Are y'all with me so far? That's why you write it down. So if I ask y'all to go grocery shopping for me and I had a specific amount of groceries that I wanted, but I didn't give you a list, whose fault is it that you didn't get it right? Mine. But if I give you a list and you don't use it, whose fault is it? Well, listen, I, there's an unlimited amount that I can be grateful for. So every time that, I'm telling y'all, this is what I do. Every time that I think of something, I just write it down. Not everything is an answer prayer. But anything that I can be grateful for, I write down. And then inside, I got sublist. Inside of those things that I'm grateful for, I have a sublist of specific prayers that have been answered. Here's what I've learned. This is just in my time with God. Even if music's not playing, even if I'm in a place that music isn't playing, even if I'm reading these audibly, out loud, monotone. I'm talking about whether I'm in a bathroom, whether I'm in my office, whether I'm anywhere. If I, once I begin to read the things that God has done, and I'm talking about I have specific things that I asked for and he's done, and I say, Lord, on this date you did this, and I wrote the date down, and you did this on this day, I can feel the tangible presence of the Lord in that place. It's unbelievable. I can be at the beach, I can be in my office, I can be anywhere, and I can tangibly feel the presence of God. Why? Because as I'm thanking him, and then I begin to praise him, 
the presence of God comes in. Now, I believe if we don't, if we don't tell him how grateful we are, if we don't spend a minute telling him how much we love him and appreciate him, then as we go in to ask, we've entered the wrong court. We've entered the wrong way. And, and I don't know if y'all know this, and I'm going to hit the course just a little bit in this teaching. If you don't have access or right to certain courtrooms, but you want to go before that court, I don't care how much money you have. Look at me. You don't get in. Are y'all with me? So, for example, if one of y'all think that you're important, I'm probably the one. If I think that I'm important, and I'm like, you know what? My idea is really good. I can go before the United States Supreme Court, and they'll hear my, my request, the nine of them in the highest court in all of our land. If my idea is important enough, they should listen to me. How many of y'all know this is easy? How many of y'all know that they will not let me, let me come in and have my request be made known? Right? Why? Because I ain't even gone to the sugar tick court, right? I ain't gone to the local assembly. I ain't gone to Spartanburg County, and I'm trying to skip all the way up. Here's what I'm telling you. If you won't do it God's way, don't get mad that when you have the big things that you're frustrated with and you feel like you're not, you're not being heard, you can't skip courts. Can't do it. So you enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. This is, this, is just, this is just my mind. This is not necessarily from the Bible. This is just how I picture it. This is an adoration. And I think of all rise. Right? No matter what courtroom you're in, no matter what a judge is wearing, when you walk in, you have a reverence and respect for him or her, where you stand and you rise. And this is a rise. This is, this is that kind of praise, which leads us to the second one, and it's submit ourselves to God. A lot of us want to resist the devil or tell the devil what he's not or, or just try to go straight into the asking. We haven't given ourselves to God. And the problem with that is if we haven't first so if we haven't first hallowed his name, quote unquote, and then submitted ourselves, then, we've, then, then, then we actually go out of order in asking. And so very simply, your kingdom come is where this comes from, but, but it's really a bow of my heart. It's a reverence and then a blessing. Now this, this if you're not careful, this comes like it's, it's awkward and backwards because don't, you believe like I believe. Doesn't it seem like the ones that need the blessing is us and not God? Are y'all with me? Like God is God. And so he owns it all. So why do I need to bless him? And this is what I was fascinated by. There's seven Hebrew words in the Old Testament. The words are Hebrew. There's seven words that mean praise. I've, I've taught this before. I'm not going to get into it real deeply. But this particular word has, has two meanings. And it's when the lower person the person who is not the authority figure. In this case, God is the authority of all people, men and women. No matter where they come from or believe in him or not, the Lord Jesus is king and on the throne overall. He's, he holds all things together. He is. Therefore, we are all to bless up. So far, this shouldn't be too complicated. Are y'all with me? And there's a blessing that I give that's up that is part of my praise, but it goes to a next point where it's a submissive praise. And that blessing is not a loud blessing. It's more like this, where I'm bowed down and I'm submitting myself fully to him, Lord, I'm yours. Matter of fact, Romans 12 says you offer your body a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. It's my spiritual act of worship. And so as I'm entering in his gates, as I'm having conversation with him, I'm telling him, I don't have to write this part down, by the way, and I don't think you do. 
I'm just telling him, Lord, I'm yours. Use me however you see fit today. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. By the way, he gives a blessing back. And that means, the word literally means, it's the word Barak in the, in the Hebrew. And when it comes back to me, it means the power to endue. The power to overcome. We're overcomers when we receive the blessing of God. And all of us are supposed to receive. But we should not, watch this, we should not ask to receive if we haven't first given. Because God doesn't bless you so you can say, look at my house, look at my cars, look at how awesome. It's so that you can then in turn bless. And so, I enter his gates with thanksgiving. I begin this process with praise and then submission and then you resist the devil. Number three, daily general requests. I kept trying to say asks and it gets you in trouble. Come on somebody, here we go. Y'all can figure it out for yourself. It's the general things that you know you have every day. And so in, in, in my three different places, I have gratitude and answer prayers. And then I have general prayer requests. Now watch. This includes people and specific things that are broad. So for example, I pray for, for my four, Mark, Leah, Laney, Haston, every day. I pray for all of my family. I call their name. I don't get necessarily specific during this time. I'm just calling their name to God, asking them to bless them and moving on. I got specific things that I'll have later that they've either asked me for or is on my heart. But at this time, I'm calling names out. Many of y'all, the Landers, the Waters, our staff, like our band, all, our leaders, there, many of y'all in this room are on this list. And I'm just calling names out. I'm calling names out. I'm calling names out. But I'm not getting real specific detail. That's later. And you're like, how do I know who to pray for? Here's what's crazy. Don't try to pray for everybody day one. If it's 10 people that you feel pulled by the Holy Spirit to do, that's probably 10 more than you're currently doing consistently. But if I have a list, like I'm going shopping, right, then I won't forget it. And all I'm doing, this is a prayer of remembrance. This is just putting their name out before the Lord saying, I know what this person's called to, Lord. You just help them, lead them, guide them. And I'm just putting these out. Give us, our day, give us today our daily bread. And it is, it is a big list. And I've got, them, I've got them sectioned. I've got friends. I've got fellow pastors. I've got a bunch of different stuff. And it goes on for pages. And I'm just calling names out. I'm just calling names out. And then when it gets to the forgiveness part, watch this. I believe some people might struggle with who do I forgive. You're the best tell on this what possible. So what do you mean? A lot of the people that are on your list are on your list because you need to forgive them. And it's real hard to hold a grudge on somebody if you're praying for them every single day. Here, here's, a, here's a quick way to understand if it's a person to person who you should forgive. A lot of times it's you, by the way. We'll get there in a second. Here, here's a quick tell in my life is if they keep coming up in my mind, I'm not talking about during prayer time. I'm talking about during time. Right? If, you awake, if you're dreaming, I don't care. If they keep coming up and you feel mm, toward them, put them on the list. Because the Lord will change your heart. It is very difficult to have a grudge and pray for So I'm telling you from experience, it's very difficult to feel some kind of way continuously about someone and pray for them by name. And the model is Jesus, by the way, because many of y'all have been done wrong, deeply wrong. Like so wrong that you don't know where to turn wrong. You're sick to your stomach wrong. But Jesus on the cross, by the way, after he was killed, 
He's dying. He's got nails in his wrists and his ankles. He's got a crown of thorns. They're mocking him. He is so beaten that he's unrecognizable, and yet he looks out and says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. That's the model. That's how I forgive. It is not easy, but it will change your life. I believe it leads to healing. I I could get into a lot of other stuff, but I'm telling you, this is the way. And so inside of that, if there's a little thing that you know you need to forgive them, just put, but do a key that you can remember, a capital F bolded beside it, whatever it is in your notes, in your app, in, in, your, in your hand, if, if you write them by hand on a legal pad, however you do it, just make it to where you can keep adding to it and remember it. And you ask them to forgive. And then the lead not into temptation is huge. It's huge. Because it doesn't, it's almost like this, this part of the prayer doesn't even make sense. But what we're praying is, can, can y'all be honest with me in here? You all know what you struggle with, right? Don't you? Those of you that don't, <laughs> you ought to be up here, right? Because you are perfect. And it can be anything. Like we have these certain sins that if we found out that so-and-so did that, we like shun them and they're the worst. But then there's stuff like overeating and we don't worry about that because that's not really a sin. By the way, side note, it is. Right? I'm good at that one. Come on, Jesus. Right? But we do all of those things, the temptation, because we're not tempted just to fall like a little bit bad. We're tempted back to that identity thing so that we'll believe what we say we are as we do them. So that we'll live in that shame like the song that Shannon led us in. We'll, we'll believe those things. Therefore, I, our identity becomes I am fat. Our identity becomes I'm an adulterer. Our identity becomes I'm a thief. Our identity becomes any number of things that we can be tempted in, but especially, watch this, especially in the areas of iniquities. And let me just summarize that word quickly. All that word means is bend. That's my natural person, what I do. And most of the time it's because of family sin. It's sins that are passed on generation to generation. Those cannot be broken just by going, I'm not going to do that anymore. The reason so many therapies don't work is not because it's not a good concept. It's because the Holy Spirit didn't intervene on my behalf. So I can't break generational curses. By the way, I thought this was crazy. I learned this this week. The word curse and the word iniquity are identical. Isn't that crazy? The word curse and the word iniquity. So many of you are feeling like you live under a curse, and you probably do, and they can't be broken in small claims court. You got to get along with the Lord and say, I need this curse broken. And you begin to speak life. You begin to, all that speaking life is, by the way, is agreeing with what he said about you is true. That's why that song is so great. And so in this case, what I'm asking the Lord to do is not a random, lead me not into temptation, thou hast, O Lord. If you pray that, that's great, but it don't mean anything, right? It's God. This is the area of my life. I can find it generationally, generation after generation, and just because I hadn't fallen yet don't mean it ain't coming at me. Huh? So don't get prideful. Humble yourself before God's mighty hand. Because, can I tell y'all something? Let y'all in a little secret. The reason that we go to the things that are generational curses, some of which were spoken over you and you hate them, but you find yourself going back to them is because it's the only thing that can make you not feel the hurt and the deep sadness. Because what a curse will do is make you feel nothing. What an iniquity will do is make you feel nothingness. And that's what ignorance is. It's the lack of understanding. It's the I don't really want to know. So before you judge someone who's fallen into a deep, adulterous affair, be careful. It is wrong, by the way. Look at me. It's dead wrong. But be careful. Because a lot of them fell into 
because they were not led by the Lord. They were led by their emotions. You will always be led by your emotions unless the Lord can lead you. The Lord cannot lead you unless you follow. And that happens in this part of prayer. So we're still in the general part. We're praying, God, over these people. God, over me. I'm offering you my life. And then we get into specifics. Someone say specific. Now watch this. This is good. This is the ask that has a name and details to the name. And I'm going to try to go really fast, but I need y'all to lean in on this one. If my son has a request for, for Christmas, and inside that request it's a specific like car that he wants. In this case, let's just pretend that what he wants, because he's interested in like a million things. I don't know if y'all have young kids, but if they watch a commercial on TV, that's the next thing they want. Are y'all with me? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. But let's just say specifically, because he got to see some monster trucks recently, and he's got the specific monster truck that he wants that's a remote control, right? But all he tells me is, I want a remote control car. And I get frustrated because he's not excited when I have him a remote control car, but he wanted a remote control truck that was this big that can go over other cars that has all these features that can go up hills, right? What's the difference? I didn't hear the specific part of the request, right? Here's where we pray wrong, most of us. We'll get the general part. Some of us even ask God, protect my son, protect my daughter, protect my husband, do this, bless them, do this. But then when it gets specific, we may tell God he's got cancer. But we stop at the cancer. But if we just ask someone, will you, will you free me of cancer? If you had access, now I need y'all to get this. If you had access before a judge, that this judge, judge had the possibility with an ask to change any single detail, but he wouldn't do it unless you ask him. How many details would you leave out? How many? None. I'm talking about, I'm talking about detail on detail. I'm talking about sales and name the sale. I don't know the sale. I bet you'd look it up if you thought it changed something. I do. Y'all can think I'm crazy if you want to, but inside my list it says they got da 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 da, -da whatever, and I da 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 da, and I'm just talking about I'm naming them. Do I name them so they change because of me? No. I don't have the power to change with my names. But he's got the power to change because of his name. And I want to show you in Philippians 4 how, how real this is. Don't be anxious about, what's this word? Y'all say it? Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. But in, in what? In what? In everything. Now watch. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. Here's what I've noticed. We'll ask God and say, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving in our heart, let our request be made known. This is what we do. We'll let our request be made known, but not in anything and everything. In broad things. Right? Watch. This is what we do. Lord, I'm anxious about my job. Look at me. That's not enough. That's not enough. I'm standing before the judge, and I say, Lord, uh, judge so-and-so, I'd like for you to change my job. And this particular judge has the power to change anything about my job. He's got the power to intervene. But I just say, it's my job. What's he supposed to do? Look at me. What's he supposed to do? You just told him your job. He got you the wrong remote control car and you're mad at him for getting the wrong car. You got to tell him. Now watch. I know the frustration because if y'all think like me, you think, yeah, but God knows everything. He does know. He does. Look at me. He does. He does. He does. Don't forget it. He does. But he's not worried about what he knows. He's worried about what you're not telling him. 
Why? Because if it's not everything and anything, you keep those things till you go to bed. And then as you wake, lay in bed at night, you're like, I told God about my job, but I'm worried about my job. So you start going over the details, but you ain't told him. And then you don't understand why you're still anxious. If you're going to tell you at 2 a.m., might as well get up, might as well write it down, because you're in the courts anyway. Huh? Might as well. Someone say, might as well. Might as well. So I don't know if I can pray that long. Watch. Y'all just watch. Don't believe me, just watch. Huh? I'm telling you, you can pray for five hours before you even blink if you'll do it the right way. Someone say, do it. You got to do it his way. You cannot get mad at a judge at the highest court if you have access to it, but you won't use it. Now, let me teach y'all a couple things I like to teach. If y'all don't like it, then I still love you. Petition in the Bible, the word petition in the Greek, means a formal request. It actually means to an authority. It actually is a, is a court document that I can bring before the courts. Now, this, this, isn't, this isn't a biblical thing. This is part of the, the just Greek understanding. It, it's, it's a legal binding document. So as I'm br- bringing, bringing specific requests to God, I should bring all the things that I'm hoping through him as I've submitted myself, as he's changed me. Because by the way, if you're not with him, he'll start changing those specifics. But as I bring them to him, if I'm not specific, then if you did a lawsuit to a court today and you just said, I want my dog back, I want my house back, I want this back, but you didn't give any reasons, you didn't give any understanding, you just said that, it's not enough information. He's waiting as a gentleman does. Because if y'all remember last week's message, if you heard it, there's an unconditional, but this is all in the conditional will of God. He's waiting on the cooperation of his people. And so in my specific request folder, y'all, I get his detail. I'll give a paragraph. I'll give whatever. And I read them out loud. This probably doesn't sound real spiritual to y'all. I'm not home. I'm not weird. There's not always candles lit, right? But I read them. And I tell them, God, I don't know what to do about this specific thing. I don't know why her side is hurting, but she says this part of her side is hurting. And it's this particular pain, and it's this particular thing, and it's this part of her kidney, and it's that part of cells, and it's that part of thing, and I'm detail after detail after detail. And what I've been amazed by is as I give him more detail, he gives more answers. If y'all want a picture of this, this is just how my brain works. If y'all want a picture of this, I believe this is our opportunity, the more detail we get at the appellate court level. That's the second highest court. If you look at the American courts, that's the second highest court there is. And I believe the more I go to him, the more opportunity I have to go to those high courts where the real business happens and say, God, I'm presenting my request. Now watch, I think this is cool. The word supplication. So in prayer and supplication, present your request to God. The word supplication is specific to about me. And the word intercession, because if you go into certain churches with certain denominations, whatever, they say, I want to be an intercessor. I want to do intercessory prayer. Here's all that is supposed to mean. I don't know if that's what they mean by it. But all it's supposed to mean is intersect what they're in and what their destiny is supposed to be by standing in the gap and praying with a petition before God. It is, it is not, I pray for Amber or I pray for, for Travis, I, and I just say, Lord, help Travis. That is not intercessory. It's great. There's certain people we should do that with. But then there's some people that that thought won't leave your mind and you're supposed to intercede on their behalf. To stand before the judge as a witness saying, 
Lord, this particular person needs help and they are so weary they can't pray right now so I stand in the gap for them and I intercede on their behalf and I pray you'll do this and I pray you'll do this and God, I believe this and I believe this and I believe this and we intercede because we believe. And most of us, most of the, this is so foreign, we're like, I don't understand. But watch, watch, watch. Remember the verse? Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. It's not passive in nature. It's very bold. It's very, it's very powerful in understanding because you keep asking. You keep looking. You keep seeking. You keep knocking. You keep going. It's back to last week's understanding of staying in the position to birth something powerful and mighty that will receive our due date, our harvest if we don't give up. But many of us have never gotten in that position because we've never understood how to intercede. Let me help you. This is the starting block. Write down details. Someone say, write it down. Write it down. Don't assume that you're smart enough. Watch. I have an unbelievable memory. In a lot of cases, I don't like how much I can remember. But I've learned it's not good enough to remember the details. And God cares about the details. Why? Because God cares about you. He knows the hairs on your head. He loves everything about you. He just wants you to invite him into your process. Otherwise, you will continue to be anxious for everything because in, in anything and everything, you've kept it to yourself. He's the one person you can trust to never gossip because he wants you to cast all your cares on him. And then persistence before power. I love this. It's one of my favorite parts. That word, that word right here, impudence, means unembarrassed boldness. Unembarrassed boldness. How many of y'all would be unembarrassed and bold if you could boldly go before the throne room where you receive mercy and find grace in your time of need? Most of us love how that sounds, but as we go into prayer, we're embarrassed and not bold. Why? Because we're ashamed. We're full of fear. We're full of doubt. We doubt whether God can actually answer our prayers, but we've never actually gone in. And so, given the fact that I've never fully asked him my requests, or at most, I might have a prayer request and ask someone else to pray on my behalf, and y'all, it's wonderful. But there's one intercessor who's greater than all the other ones. His name's Jesus. He is our high priest, according to Hebrews. He is the one that in Jesus' name I pray because he sits on the right hand of God intercessing for me. He's my advocate. He's my lawyer. He's the one that I always pray through to get to the judge, our Father. And I can boldly continue, like he was talking about with that friend, but we got a friend who's much greater, a friend that's closer than a brother, a friend who's wonderful and kind in every way, a friend that will never leave us or ever forsake us and wants to answer us and wants to do more than we can ask or imagine. So why not ask? Why not imagine? If it's more than my mind can ever remember, even if I write them down, then keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on finding. Now, the word seek is amazing. It, it, it's a legal term. I never knew this. It's a legal term that means to seek in order to have a, a resolve in court. It's to try to get to a resolution. It's not just, I'm going to seek first the kingdom passively. It's this is who I am. And as a result of the binding agreement, this document in court, I can do nothing but. And he tells us what to seek, by the way. But then he helps give us understanding of how to ask and how to seek and how to knock. Because if you knock and do like most of us do, can we be honest? 
today, in today's society, back in the day, we didn't have to knock because the door was open. Y'all remember growing up like I did? But if you knock now and it's locked, you're like, thank God. Right? And you leave because you ain't trying to go in someone else's house. It's scary today. That's how most of us do is we assume it's locked before we ever stand at the door. And if you know in your heart because God has just put something on you and it won't leave, whatever that calling is, I, I don't care. It's not specific to me. In this case, it's specific to you. But it's about him. And the reason God hasn't put it on you is because he knows you'll, you'll suffer over the details rather than trust him in every part. But even when you begin to trust him and present your request, if you don't stand there and just say, I know you put this on me. So I'm going to believe the promises even when I can't see the details. Y'all remember that part of the song? I believe you, God. And this, let me put a bow on this. Because one of my favorite stories in the Bible, someone say spies like us. Who's old enough to remember that movie? One of the classics. Young people, you ain't even ever heard of it, but it's Chevy Chase. It's great. But that's who we need to be, and that's the goal of this prayer message. That's really the goal, that we leave not operating in fear, but operating in faith. But faith doesn't come by knowing more. Faith comes by hearing the word. And it comes through prayer because it's literally synonymous with the word prayer. And so this story in the Bible is, God has promised, if y'all don't know this, God has promised the Israelites a promised land. He says it's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's, it's unbelievable. It's amazing. And they know it's theirs. Not it might be theirs. Watch this. Look my way. It is their land. It is theirs. It is theirs. Look at me. Say it's mine. Say it loud. It's mine. I believe that all of us are called to occupy till he comes. But many of us look at ourselves and say, not me. I'm not a speaker. God did not call speakers to occupy. He called us, his children, to let the kingdom do what the kingdom does. Jesus said the kingdom is like yeast or like leaven, and it spreads like wildfire, and it keeps spreading because of him, not because of you and I. It's not my power, it's his. And so in this case, just like, just like if you can picture where we are, this is why prayer matters so much, because we show what we believe as a result of what we actually believe and not what you tell me in here. It's not about the church answer. It's about what's in you. So these, these 12 tribes of Israel were all gathered, and Moses stands up and says, we're supposed to go take that land and, and, and just look at it. It looks amazing. So here's what I need. I need 12 spies to go out, one from each tribe, and go look at what the land is. And let's see how difficult it's going to be. Let's see, let's see a strategy. Did y'all know every time we pray, God gives us strategy and wisdom of what to do and how to do it, if we'll listen. And so they go in, and they see giants. Literally, they see giants. They're called Nephilim. Nephilim, pronouncing it wrong, but they're, they're giants. And they see all these other things, and the 10 of the 12 spies come back and say, there is no possible way. You won't believe what we're seeing right now. We look like grasshoppers compared to these people. Did y'all hear me? We're done. We have no hope. Do y'all know what we say constantly? I look at the state of our country. I look at the state of everything going on, and there's no hope. There's no way. It's, we're, we're just teeny tiny little us. There's only, there's only five, 600 that make up four points right now. So, so there's no way that we can change a community and change a city and change the world. How are we supposed to believe that? We've got to be Caleb and Joshua-like. We've got to think like they thought. 
We've got to say, I don't give a rat's behind how big those giants are. I don't care what all you saw. I saw exactly what God said. We'd see a land flowing with milk and honey. Watch what they said in Numbers chapter 13. Caleb called everybody, calm down. People freaking out. Quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up there and occupy it. Someone say, occupy it. Say it loud. Say, occupy. Let us go occupy for we are well able to overcome it. We are able. Look at me. You will never be a we be able Christian. You will never, ever, ever be a we are able. You will never be a we are able just because Mark stands up and sweats when you're cold and gets going and gets excited. That ain't enough. You got to get with God. Hear the message that he's got for you. Get away and then go, we are able. The, The difference between Caleb and Joshua had nothing to do with their talent. Joshua led the entire people after Moses, but it had nothing to do with how smart he was. It had nothing to do with his heroics in the battle. It had everything to do with he'd listen to God and then do what he says. But if you don't get with God, you can't listen and go. If you don't give him the details, you'll keep holding it and wonder why he doesn't do something with it. He's waiting. And we be able. The first territory you should want to take is your home. I've heard so many people say, I don't know what's wrong with my kids. Have you given God the details or are you telling me? Because I'll pray for you. But you've got a high priest who's a lot better than Mark. We be able. We are able. We are able. We are able. But not on our own. Not, not because we're smart. Not because Mark preaches so good or doesn't preach good enough. Not because our band, they're amazing. I love them. But that's not why. It's because if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek his face and turn from our way, then he'll hear from heaven, heal our land, and, and, and everything can change. We are able. But we have to have the mindset like they did and be spies. We have to come in and stop saying, I'm afraid, because fear can go to hell and shame can go there too. We have to start believing what he said is true, y'all, and I'm convinced down to the bottom of my feet that I'm a man of faith only when I pray. That I won't believe the promises of God no matter how how gifted I can be of, of communicating them to you unless I get with him and say, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. I'm giving you all of me. I submit myself to you. Now I pray these things, God, and I will hunker down and I don't care how long it takes. That's more important than my next breath. Man shall not live by bread alone, so I won't get addicted to that or any other thing. I'll eat what I need to live, but I'll eat off of you for my life. And I will believe what actually can happen, because listen to me, this is what I really believe. No matter how much faith I walk in, it ain't quite as much faith as I could have. Why? Because no eye has seen, ear has heard, or heart of a man can even imagine what God has prepared that he'll do more than we can ask or imagine, more than we can ask, more than we can ask, more than I can ever, ever ask. There's no limit to your God. There's only a limit to your prayer. And what praying actually does is changes perspective. So you will leave here today one of two different people. You'll be the bad spies with a bad report. Because you can be excited in an anointed message, but as soon as you walk out there, you can believe the bad report but if you see bad things and all of a sudden believe it's a bad report 
you'll be a bad spy. But if you continue in prayer, walking with God, not weird, not praying all day long and, and acting weird like you can't talk to me right now, I'm praying. But just trusting and walking with, you'll begin to believe the promises of God are actually true and not just something we sing about. And you'll be the good spy. And when the spies start outnumbering the bad reports, everybody's going to want to know what's going on in that army because they're taking over. They're taking over. Prayer is the work. What you do ain't the work. How good you are is not the work. Who you believe you used to be are or your last name is not the work. Prayer is the work. And when we decide, we will. Then when he puts his hand on it and says, now go, <laughs> we can't even imagine. I might be crazy, y'all. I feel like running a lap right now. I just believe it. I refuse to let myself believe that in our lifetime, and even if we're Moses that sits on the other side and never gets to enter into the promised land, We'll raise up some Joshua and Caleb's that get to lead a nation and change the world. But I refuse to believe that God just wants us to live 80, 85, 90 years just to get out of hell. Forget that. If he wanted that, he'd send me to heaven as soon as I got saved. But he wants us to occupy until he comes. And that will only happen when spies like us follow him. So y'all stand with me. Lord, I'm so emotional. <laughs> I'm emotional just about every week, but I don't care. I love to cry every day in your presence. Lord, I'm so disappointed over looking at my life so many times and seeing how much pride I had or thinking that you should be able to do it because I have talent or all these other ridiculous mindsets that I've struggled with in my life. Lord, the only thing that you need is a willing and able spy. That's all, that's all we want, God. I care less about accolades. I don't care if people think my messages stink or they're amazing. I don't care. I don't need any of that. I just need you. And I believe that's what all of us need. And so, God, I just so want Four Points Church. I don't care what we're known for, God. I don't care if people think we're a little bit crazy and we're Baptocostal and we got all these other things. I just, when people say the name Four Points, I really hope that they know that it's the people that really get after it to know you. That we want to lift up the name of Jesus. We could care less if people think that we're talented enough. I don't, I don't need any of that mess. I just want you. And so God, I, I pray that we leave here today beginning to make lists at the starting point and that our lives are radically changed one step at a time by walking with you. So you receive glory and praise and honor in everything that we do and say. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.